0: Hello and welcome to the PD Performance Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is a conversation with Darren McGurn of Fermanagh Gaelic Footballers. Fermanagh had a tough loss to Derry at the weekend in the Ulster quarterfinals, so that was a big topic of conversation. We also talked a lot about leadership amongst the group and culture and communication, driving on standards to an elite level at inter-county level. We talked a lot about mindset, we talked about physical qualities and developing speed and change of direction. We talked about having a choice as to if you want to participate in an inter-county setup or not. And it was just a really, really valuable conversation, a really enjoyable one to record. So I hope it's an enjoyable one for you guys to listen to. And if you do enjoy it, please remember to like it, share it and send it. Darren McGurn, welcome to the PD Performance Podcast. Uh, great to have you on. Big trip up to Enniskillen today. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about what's transpired in the last few, or in the last week since the Ulster quarter final. But how are you, and what is on the agenda for today? Not too bad,
1: PD. Um,
0: probably same as every
1: other day, sitting in a coffee shop with laptops. <laughs> yeah, as Sean Quigley said, but. Um, No. still probably turning it over last weekend
0: to be totally honest, but um I think we'll move on at some stage. so the actual hangover has subsided, but what about the figurative hangover of the defeat? Is it still kind of lingering? Are you still like thinking about the game and what could have went different ways or what you could have done differently or? Have you had a chance to refocus yet towards Tatum Cup? I think it's only natural for it to be going through my head.
1: Um and probably will do for another while yet, just given the fact that there's no game now for another three and a half weeks. Um I suppose it was one of those games where we looked like we would never we could have played for another three hours and we wouldn't have won the game. So it's different when you lose a game by or we three points and you're kicking yourself over small things that went wrong. But I think there was uh, a lot of things went wrong in the game for us. We probably didn't set up correctly. Um we we didn't feel like we were at their level um for a number of reasons. And that's probably why um you know it's it's probably it'll linger for a while, but um, I suppose there's not many learnings to take from it. That's all we can really do at this stage. is just learn from it and move on. Um, and now prepare for the Titan Cup, which is, to be honest, something that we were aiming for at the start of the year. Anyway, was
0: was to get around the Titan Cup and and hopefully push on and try and win it. One thing about the game, though, is that he didn't really lose the like he didn't stop fighting. Mm-hmm. Was that even more frustrating in that they were so relentless that if he went and nabbed the point or nabbed the goal, they went back down the field and they just didn't give up. Yeah. Trying to pummel you into the ground, which all good teams do like. Yeah. I think that's just
1: something Derry Have is that just ruthlessness. Um and like even you've seen when we got the goal and brought it back to seven, it was literally the next player that they won the kick out. It was nearly pre-recorded. They they won the kick out and just ran straight down the throat of us and got a penalty. So it's very demoralising in a game like that, and um, when something like that happens. Um, but I suppose that's what you're dealing with when you play the top teams. Um, and I suppose if there's anything we can take from it is the fact we got the the opportunity to play a team at that level. Um, and have probably learned things in that game that we could have never learned playing against lower level teams. And that's the value you probably get when you do play top level teams, which we'll probably have the opportunity to do next year.
0: Um, Now that we're in division two. How much do you think of their ability to go straight down the field in that pre-recorded um play to go down and win the penalty comes from just them having such mental belief in themselves that, well, we're not going to lose this. So let's just regroup, go back down the field and get a goal.
1: I think like when it comes to the higher level teams, there's just players throughout the team that have that ruthless mindset. So as soon as we scored that goal, there's probably 14 players, 14 outfield players, Thinking right, I'm winning this next ball, and I and you know I'm going to turn this momentum. Um, I'm not going to let that happen. And I suppose fact, they won an Ulster title last year, probably has brought them onto that next level mentally. Um, and you you see that in all the top teams. Even you would have seen with the teams like obviously Dublin uh, in the last number of number of years, just ruthless mindset. Like um, and I even heard Paddy Andrews talking there. On a podcast this week about just small things that you do in a game that turns momentum. Um, whether that be going down for an injury, whether it's winning the next ball, whether it's keeping for two minutes, it's just small things that dragging, lad down. Do. dragging a down, dragging a down. Yeah, it's just the higher level teams I think have that knack and they have it
0: throughout the team. Yeah, know, and that was evident, I suppose. So, like this year, as you push for promotion and pushed on the levels that are expected from the group. Is that something you've been focused on And that you just touched on there, like the 14 outfield players or one to 15 and the subs as well. If something goes against you, you're not going to let it get to you. You're just refocusing on your next job and you're wanting to have everybody on the team and on the field keen to get into the position for the next opportunity. Whereas, You've been involved for a few years now. Is that something that's been steadily changing, whereas you would have relied more on other players in the past? Yeah, I think, well, for us anyway,
1: when you're trying to get to that next level, it's about trying to get more lads on the team who have that sort of mindset. And the more lads that you have in a team that are at that level, the better. Um, I think like it's not something we've... La- lack massively, but I think it's something that naturally improves and comes on to that next level when, when you are winning games and you're you're getting, well I suppose from getting Division Three to Division Two, um, obviously we do have more lads that are at that level, um, and we like I suppose we're a young team, so it's it's probably going to take time as well to get everyone up to the pitch lads from one to thirty, um. But I suppose it's something that is just
0: coming from winning games. I wanted to ask you because before the game and (laughs) in the couple of podcasts that yourself and Sean did, the Talton Cup was mentioned before you even went out. So I wanted to ask, what was the belief like in the dressing room amongst the squad prior to taking the field or in the week-long build-up? Were you talking about going out and beating Derry? or was it very much like we're going to go out and give it our best shot no the talk was we're going out and we're going to beat Derry so then in your group meetings and your team meetings when you're talking about the Talton Cup already it, do you find that that is more realism or is it there a bit of like a defeatist attitude in that you're like expecting that you're going to be in Talton Cup rather than down the road the in the All Ireland or win the Ulster, yeah, it's it's a funny one and it's probably not spoken about. Um,
1: as you say, like when you, when you're at that level, you are only thinking about the game in front of you. So we probably didn't mm. speak that much about Tatten Cup during the year. Mm. It was more at the start of the year. You know, okay, I mean? yeah, I get like, you. Um, but no, with full belief, we were honestly, and that's not not me just you know, talking shade or anything, but yeah um when you put in so much in preparation, I think as a collective you you get to that stage where you're just convinced that you have enough, you've done enough, you've you've looked at the opposition enough, um and you can go on. And you know like everyone there knows that you'll need a lot of things to go right for you when you're playing a team that's at that level but you have belief that that can happen and if everything does go right you that you're going to win the game um as i've said even in a post last night on instagram like there's things that you can't control we can't control the quality of dairy. we can't control the tactics they're going to bring um you don't know what that's you don't know what they're going to bring really until you get onto the field um obviously when we get onto the field we you realize what they brought the You know, they brought new things that they hadn't brought to the league. They brought a level of hunger and aggression that we mightn't have seen in previous games. So, like, you can have all the belief in the world, but sometimes you just go out
0: and there's an opposition that's just at another level. Mm. But you mentioned there a couple of times about system and tactics, and then speaking about playing a team of a different level. You'll get the old adage at times when a lower division team plays a higher division team, or oh, they couldn't win because they weren't fit enough. But it seems like you have realized from playing at that level, as all good intercounty players do, is the difference in physical fitness are not major when you get to intercounty level. It's more about like the team's fitness to execute the game plan and the tactics. Yeah. Was that something that, when you first came into intercounty football, shocked you a little bit? It
1: probably, it probably was a
0: wee bit. Um.
1: Yeah, like at, at times you think by looking on, um, when I wasn't involved, you're like, "Geez, the teams that have the top level are just so be- much better conditioned," mm-hmm. and it's just not the case. Like, um, there's just so many other things that come into it. As I said. Quality of player, quality of opposition, Um, as you said, ability to actually, you know, do the tactics or whatever it is um, that has been lined out. And picking the right game plan, is that? And picking the right game plan. Like, that's something that at, at the weekend was lambasted from us that we hadn't set up the correct way. But, like hindsight's a great thing mm.
0: and, and but you changed as well a half time slightly like in terms of what you were doing did you? I thought you did we, we didn't change massively like what people didn't see in the first half
1: was Derry were attacking with 15 players if you put 13-14 players inside an opposition 45 you have to mark all of them like we had went out with the intention of having a sweeper but they didn't allow that to happen because they just pushed every single player up into our half and that's what people weren't really willing to see. Of course, we could have defended a lot better in certain situations. Like It was it was brutal at times. Um, and that just wasn't good enough. But in terms of how you set up, I think the opposition can dictate sometimes what way you set up. And that's what I thought Derry did at the weekend. Um, To an extent, obviously then there's other ways you can defend as well. You can just put 15 in inside your 45 and, and go really narrow which we probably didn't do and we probably could have did better at times Um, but, but the, the... as
0: you said what faced you was not what you expected at all Like no. so you had to adapt in the moment and it's I know I'm biased now and you're probably equally as biased as me but it's the speed at which those top teams make decisions and then execute them yeah. and then if you're going to defend them it's the speed with which you can identify what they're doing and adapt. And it sounds like that was maybe the what was missing mm-hmm. or what you needed to do quicker essentially in order to handle a dairy and then hopefully get the ball and go down the field. Yeah. Which is easier said than done.
1: I suppose it's another quality of top teams is the ability to adapt in games. And it's probably something we still haven't got to the level of yet. Um, you know, 10 minutes into that game we could have probably on the field ourselves started to realise things better and, and change them. Um, but when you're coming up against an opposition that has maybe seven, eight players that you need to man mark, it makes life very difficult. Um, so I suppose it's, it's trying to find that balance when you are coming up against them teams, of um, man marking lads, but then marking space as well. Um and it's something that not many teams have cracked,
0: I think, playing Derry in the last two years. Yeah, quite a strong team and the, they have as much chance as anyone going on and winning the ultimate thing. Like 100%. You touched on there, like, adapting to what's in front of you and from the conversations you've had this year already, it's clear that you're really focused on improving the culture of the group and of football as an elite level in Fermanagh and it sounds like you're very open as well as a group like lads aren't afraid to say the things that need to be said has the communication aspect been a focus for you is it something that you've been talked about or is it actually the other case that lads are so willing to say the things that sometimes lads have to be pulled up and say well look is that constructive or is it not
1: I don't think it's something that's changed massively and that's just being honest since i've come in um we always had big leaders and communicators in the squad and to be honest we probably lost quite a few of them in the last five six years um big players for mana and something that boys have had to step up in the last number of years and do more of um in terms of honesty in the group like it's I think that, again, that's something that's always been there. Maybe more so now. um, Maybe more so now, but, but again, um, as I said, I, th- I still think that was always there. And I, th- I think it's the quality of all inter-county teams that you need. You need that honesty. You need boys calling out driving standards
0: um, on the pitch and off the pitch. um. So Well, I don't know if it's the quality of all inter-county teams, to be honest there. But the ones that are going to be successful, then they have to do it. Yeah. It's still and again,
1: it's still something I think we can do better. Hmm. Um, I don't think we've mastered that at all yet either. Um, I still think there's a lot of standards that we could do better and drive drive better. And I suppose again, as I said, our our squad's fairly young, so it's something that probably boys are gonna start having to drive on more so and now that we're up in division two. Um but as I said, when I first came in, there was there was big leaders in the team, and you wouldn't have got away with much at that stage
0: either. Um, so what are the standards then that you mm-hmm. believe need to be improved? Or what are the small things that are picking at you? Because I can see probably <laughs> there are a few things that are picking at
1: you.
0: Uh, Without calling anyone out specifically, obviously. Call myself out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um i suppose i'm i'm no saint either when it comes to a lot of standards and even to be things where i'd be saying myself i shouldn't have been out or shouldn't be doing it but like I, I think it comes down to your lifestyle off the pitch um what are you doing are you going out too much what's your nutrition like i think nutrition's a big one too because no one really sees what you're doing at home or any lads doing and so it's, it's a hard one to drive um standards on the pitch in terms of how hard you're actually training um is another one i think it's 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 hard to fully drive that but it's something that i think we could do better and um, demanding quality training sessions demanding and um, demanding that all lads are doing all snc work i think all of those there's there's a lot of small things that go into it um
0: it's the one percenters,
1: isn't it? it? It is the one percenters, and it's the one percenters that probably get overlooked a lot of the time. Um, because it's, it's pretty easy to just not bother doing them. Um and I could, you could go into depth of loads of different things, but you'd be nitpicking then, I suppose, and, and maybe even at the highest level, they aren't you might be thinking they're they're being done, but they mightn't be either. Um but then again, there's certain players that don't need to do all those things either. And that's always going to be the case. Um, a lot of players will get away with it, and probably as well, certain players will, will play better without actually having to overthink those things. Um, and then there'll be other players where you think they could get that extra few percentage by doing them. Um, but I don't know if we'll
0: go into that much more detail.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a difficult one to navigate as well, especially when dealing with a group or coaching a group, because what's good for one person is not good for another. And you want everybody to turn up on game day, mentally switched on to play the best, but also from a physical standpoint to be the best that they can be as well. So one lad might like having a chicken roll before the game. And if he goes into the game feeling good, you're not going to try and change that meal for him. Um, Prior to the game, as minimal an effect it's gonna have. Like, yeah. And that's just a, a silly example, but it's just because you outlined there around nutrition. And I think when we talk about intercounty athletes, a lot of the time people think just clean, healthy living nutrition is just next level. Like yeah. um, and from my dealings with intercounty athletes. Not all of them now, but some of them, even at a, a younger age level, under twenty, under eighteen, some of the thought patterns around nutrition and, may, like, maybe they're just on TikTok a little bit too much. But some of the stuff they come out with is mad, and you realise that a lot of the time it's just the basics that need to be hammered with them to see some level of improvement. For for you in your role. Do the boys be asking you much around your opinion on what you're doing? Do they be quizzing you or do they kind of just let you be Dara, our teammate, when you're in there?
1: You, you wouldn't get quizzed anyway. Um, You get the odd question. I think boys probably see enough of, of what I do. <laughs> <laughs> you're <wouldn't, they're> much <laughs> say that. Um, to go and do the opposite of what I'm doing then. Um, But no, like, as I said, I'm constantly putting stuff up so I think they... Maybe they do take tips and stuff and of what I'm what I'm doing. Um, but as I said, I still don't think people let our athletes at inter-county level even dial that in as much as they could or even close to it. Um I think if you went and followed a fellow GA player around on his day before a game, you'd probably be
0: shocked at how much he's leaving on the table in that regard you've said about losing some very senior players over the last couple of years, and then you've mentioned leadership a number of times. And obviously with the honesty and the communication and driving standards in that regard, it benefits you lads to have more leaders in the team. And obviously you're stepping into a key role with the group. So has that been something that you've been consciously focused on this year in developing your leadership qualities, or are you just trying to lead by example in what you're doing? I think it's a mixture of both Um, like you can't just go out and
1: start leading by words if you're not leading by actions it just comes across false and stupid but I, I try and do a bit of both like I think leading by your actions both on and off the pitch I'd always try and do that anyway um sometimes people might think the opposite but on the pitch but um I think I I try and be vocal when I when I need to be. I wouldn't be someone who just goes out and is constantly talking and constantly in people's ears. But if I feel like I have something that I want to say or need to say, um, whether that's tactically or or whatever else, um, I will I will always say it, even if it's in you know in video for four games and stuff. I'd be vocal enough if I have something to say, um, but it is something that, uh, I like having as part of my game, probably at club level more so even. Um, I think it's important when you are a key figure in a in a team, or you're in a key position, that you are vocal, um, on the pitch. More importantly, probably, um, when it comes to just you know, leading in terms of kickouts, or you know when things are going wrong for a team, I think it's important to have those those players in a team to, to drive other lads on because you are going to have lads who are quiet um, and would we'll probably need
0: that as well. In the way that you fit into the group then, obviously you're on, as you said, it's a young group, but over the last few years, you have had a bit of a transition from the more senior players transitioning into other roles in the group or transitioning out of the group. Do you view yourselves as a team in transition at all or do you think that... A lot of the players that have come into the setup are now finding their feet and are comfortable in the setup. And you're going and attacking what you want to attack and attempting to hit your goals in the next couple of years. You need to realize your potential, essentially. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think we're in transition anymore.
1: I think if you had asked me that question last year or the year before, I probably would have said we are because obviously the Hogan Cup winning team, St. Michael's, they won that. That's four years ago now at least. So I think we're at a level now where basically everyone in the team, far maybe one or two, um, have been on the senior panel and, and been playing regular intercounty football for three plus years. Um and now we're after we're after making a big step this year, obviously, in, in getting promoted. So I don't feel like we're in transition anymore. I think the time is now to go on and push on and start winning things. And Romana hasn't won anything in over 20 years, 25 years, I think it is maybe maybe more. Um so it's about it's about not wasting any years talking about transition anymore. I think um it's actually something I'm probably sick of listening to from a lot of people. Um because you could talk about transition for years and and you, you'll realize then yeah. <laughs> you've won absolutely nothing. It's and, gone past. Yeah. So when you look around the age profile of our team, when you look around the level of the players in our team, there's plenty of experience there. There's plenty of quality. And it's about time
0: now we just started actually going for things and, and winning them. It sounds like you talk about your goals and what you want to achieve an awful lot more. Like You're becoming bold enough to like say, this yeah. is what we're capable of and this is what we're going for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you think that comes from having a little bit of a younger group who aren't afraid to say it?
1: It probably does. It probably does. I think it comes from teams within the county winning things and having that drive and ambition and other, other players feeding off that. Um, As I spoke about the the whole minute team, when nearly everyone in the county seen that, it, it, it gave it a massive lift that the amount teams can win things, win things at a high level at, at that. Um. And like we're operating the division, we were in Division Three this year. Like if if those players aren't capable of, of pushing on the senior level and winning things at that level, then there's something wrong. So, um, I think yeah, we, we there's there is a bit of hunger and, and drive in the team. Um, and as I said, players have been feeding off other players. Um, and I think the belief the belief is there. I, I'm not saying the belief wasn't there before, mm. but I think. The Talent Cup has helped things massively because that wasn't there before. So the only real aim was winning your division or winning Ulster. And Ferman has never won an Ulster title, um, which is probably why that's always been a big ambition. But now the Talent Cup's there. It's a really realistic thing to, to push on and try and win.
0: I assume you've met up as a group since the game at the weekend already. Have you started refocusing and talking about the Cup yet? Like, do you know what the next few weeks looks like how it's mapped out and or have they given you some time to yourselves to just yeah we've we've had a week off now um, and have you been texting the boys had a few with them. yeah <laughs> well you you talked about it then i'd say but you can't remember
1: yeah that's it um no we we haven't spoken about it that much yet um the fact it's a group stage format too, it's not knockout, and kind it of gives you that extra bit of time as well. Um, to digest whatever went on at the weekend, and then and then plan for the next number of weeks. But we're like we're still we haven't took a week completely off. Mm-hmm. We took a week off mean collectively, yeah. Um, but we're still doing work this week to to get us in to start building our our level of conditioning and our level of you know. Whatever else to, to get prepared for those games, and um, because like it's going to be a massive part of our year over the next two months, um, and it's something that I'm actually kind of excited and looking forward to. Um, last year we we went into the the Titan Cup and we, we 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 had good belief last year that we could win, but the team this year and the squad is just at a completely different level. Um, and and that's kind of getting me a bit
0: excited for, for for what's ahead. Like, does the week away from collective training give you a little bit more hunger to get back in? Do you think like you're like, okay, we need to get back to it now. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, mm-hmm. if we had
1: went straight back into training there on Tuesday night, it just, I don't think it would have done anyone any favors. If I'm being honest, um, just getting that refreshed mentally, um. Like I can guarantee you now, everyone will be buzzing to get back next Tuesday and um, when it does come around. and um, boys have had that time to even just go away. Like I know a lot of few lads have been away on holidays and time away off work, um, nights out, meeting friends, like those things go a long, long way in a team setup. Um it's been a long year, like already. you, you start in early December, that's we game on, like a, a a game every week for eight or nine weeks think it was like even when you're in the middle of the league and you have a week off you were having a friendly like, so there was no real break at all until until now so I think it's it's something that's underrated is, is taking a, a break like this and um, t- to just have time off and refresh and,
0: and as you say just gather that hunger again to go again That's something that's changing in the GAA now thank God is that if you're going away and you're taking that break that is deserved and needed management and players with each other are having more trust with each other that they're going to do the right things in that week away. You're not going to go on the beer five nights in a row and and go eating shit essentially. (laughs) And you look after yourself and you'll get to the gym and you'll get to the pitch and you'll do your extras because if you're not doing that, why are you here? Exactly, it's something that needed to change though as well isn't it because we were speaking earlier about the old recovery sessions the day after a game and how they were nearly thrown in as a case of right well they can't stay out till 4 a.m if we throw a recovery session in tomorrow Mm -hmm. whereas you need to trust that lads are going to stay out till 2 a.m and go to bed (laughs) maybe maybe you're wrong in doing so but even if they don't they're better off sleeping the next day and recovering than getting them in collectively and just mentally and physically burning them out. Yeah. I
1: think that level of trust is is hugely important. Um I think it comes comes back to standards as well. Like when you have that trust in a group and you have a group that's got ambitions to push on and win things, if if there is lads that if you do give them a the week off and then there's lads go and drink for the full week, it's gonna be called out and it's gonna be frowned upon. So he was he was more than frowned upon. <laughs> more than frowned upon. You could get the boot. So, like, I think when you have that level of trust, it goes a long way, um, and it creates a better relationship too. I think with coaches and management and and everything, um, that you come back and you've got that hunger and, and drive to push on. Um, I think some sometimes it could go the opposite way if you don't give lads that time. Um, you get just lads kicking the head up or talking behind the back or whatever it is, um, and that's not that's never a good thing either in a team
0: setup. Like, no, it has to be called. It has to be said to the person, and it has to be called out. Mm-hmm. But we were talking a lot about the changes and the changes in professionalism, in the trust, in how an intercounty setup is run and how athletes run inside of it. And from your interview on the GAA social, it and from just your online presence and social media it's clear that a lot of people view you somewhat as kind of one of the new breed or the new age county player does that sicken you hearing that or what does that mean to you
1: I think well do you mean in
0: regards to just like physically I think in regards to everything you're nearly viewed as like this is what the new inter-county player is going to be like I think you take you welcome the physical obviously yeah But
1: sometimes I feel like it's an excuse that, you know, they don't want to do that side of things. But I just think, like, if just the way everything's gone now, um, it would be silly not to make use of all the extras that are going to push you on and make you a better footballer. And I know Sean talked about on his podcast about, (laughs) right, there's not as many footballers going about these days. Um and maybe he has a point, but I just my viewpoint anyway. Um, I always as a youngster, I don't know if I ever I would have been able to express my footballing ability if I didn't go and completely transform myself physically. Um, it gave me a platform to go on and express my my footballing ability at a higher level. I thought, and there's I think a lot of GA players around the country are are going down that avenue as well. Um maybe Sean is a point in the fact that there's boys that, that have absolutely zero football in the building and are making it just mm. simply because of that, and, and that's probably true as well. But I think there's a balance there as well, um where the best footballers can also make themselves elite top end footballers and um, by improving those areas every single aspect of their life, um, as they'd say, just a better lifestyle. And um, we go hand in hand with being a
0: county footballer. I understand what Sean is saying as well, like, yeah. and I think the issue in regards to there not being enough as many footballers, as he said, is more so maybe an issue in regards to coaching and being very system orientated and being completely um not able to try anything as a player and yeah. not willing to take that risk, just wanting to stick to the system and I'll just catch the ball, I'll run up here and I'll hand pass it off and then I'll go back and I'll fill me uh I'm not going to try anything. And that partly comes from the player being willing to do it. And partly comes from the coaching style and given the opportunities to make mistakes in training and in games. But I think like, as you've just touched on there, improving the physical be that speed, agility, change direction, your strength, your conditioning, your fitness, is only going to give you more opportunities to showcase your football and skills if you've already developed them to the required level. It's not really one or the other. It doesn't yeah. have to be one or the yeah. other. It can be both. Yeah.
1: That's what I felt anyway. Um I, I've seen it even with fellow county players who would have had... have had good physical qualities um, but ball skills weren't that great but over time ball skills are now at another level simply because their physical qualities have allowed them to go out and improve that area as well I know that probably mightn't make sense to some people but I think that's true and then obviously it's vice versa as well. Well they'll have more
0: space if they're faster like and and they'll get on more ball if they're better conditioned. Yeah and then even, well, I
1: think, I think I just think it's silly to to not make use of it. Um, and there's probably players out there too who have unbelievable skill level, club level, but just don't really care about that side of things and don't really want to push on,
0: and that's fine as well. Like, but lads want to do it as well as the other thing, like because yeah, there's been a lot of chat in the last couple of weeks about like oh it's gone too professional or whatever and i know this is talked dead at this stage but like there's a level for everyone do you know like if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it but you can't say i want to play senior football and then not do it well sorry you're not at the required level to play senior football it's not like everything is available to you to do what you want and you can just go off and do your own thing and then expect it you can do that if you want, but you better be fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think when when players start
1: struggling to make teams and stuff, that's when they probably realise that they need to be doing it, um, and then they might get frustrated for not doing it. But as you said, like you, know, you have a choice at the end of the day whether you want to or you don't. Um, some players make more use of that than others. Fair play to them. Um, I don't think he can really look down on someone for, for going in and trying to make teams and stuff just by improving physical qualities. Um there's just that much stuff out there now um in terms of in the run of speed and conditioning, change direction as you know yourself. Mm-hmm. you're probably helping athletes every day of the week, yeah, improve all those aspects and, and get to higher levels. Um and I think that's just the way it's gone now, and it's the way it's gonna go further that way. Um, but it doesn't mean players can't Go and get
0: unbelievably good at at the skill level as well. You can do both, as you said. Well, you should be integrating both. Like, it Mm -hmm. comes back to the conversation I had with Dave Gray about uh, skill development. And, like, I'm not saying only work on speed and change of direction or agility. I'm saying work on those and work on your ball skills because we're talking a lot about physical qualities and those being physical qualities they're also skills yeah so you're not going to get better at them if you don't practice so i'm not telling my lads and ladies to get up to the pitch and only do your speed and agility stuff i'm telling them get up a half an hour earlier 20 minutes earlier get your 10 minutes of closed speed and change of direction stuff then maybe get the balls out and you can do 10 minutes or, or whatever you want five minutes with the ball in a closed scenario and then integrate the two of them together yeah. and do shooting at speed mm-hmm. because we all know like lads can be great to kick a ball over the bar when there's no pressure on them but then yeah. ask them to do it on the run or ask them to do it with a defender even in their vicinity and mm-hmm. it's going out for a sideline. Like there's so many there's so
1: many ways you can integrate all that things. Um, even when you look at the top county players at the minute, Shane Walsh, David Clifford. In my opinion what separates them is their ability to change direction at 100 like when everything is manic and um, and create space for themselves so training the two of them at the same time on your own before session can go a long way uh, to, to getting better Um, but yeah i think sometimes when people look at these things they think it's either one or the other again Um, like if you're going out and doing your speed your change direction you're you're, you're losing out in time where you should be working on your skills. Um, but it's about, again, learning how to, do,
0: how to do both and then learning how to integrate them as well. I am interrupting the podcast to let you guys know that there are two spots available in the PD Performance Premium Pack for May. Now, this could be online coaching, this could be in-person coaching, but I am closing the group to a limited number of people because... I want to deliver the best quality service to the people that are in the group and things have been going really really well so I've been left with two spots for May and I've also been left with two spots for June people have been signing up for June as well which is absolutely unbelievable so we are almost full but if you want to avail of some online or in-person coaching or maybe the hybrid service make sure you message me as soon as possible so that you don't miss out We're delivering high quality care of strength and conditioning to mostly club level GAA players but some county level players as well and we've been getting great feedback about the service. More and more people are joining which means that we've been doing something right. So if you want to be one of the members of the exclusive group the PD Performance Premium Pack message me ASAP so that you don't miss out for May and June and now Back to the podcast. And like, I get the question about deceleration all the time. Like, are you working on decelerating in an isolated setting? And I might with like a return to play or a rehab or And I might with an athlete that's healthy as well. But if you watch Shane Walsh and how he often beats the defender, he uses one similar scenario a lot of the time. And I'm seeing more players try it now where he'll accelerate into the space then he's actually decelerating as fast as he can jams on the brakes so that the player goes past them. And then the useful thing about being both footed is he'll just cut in on whatever foot he he is on and knock it over the bar. And you can do that pre-training and just practice it with one of the lads or one of the ladies passively defending you. So running after you and then just following and then you're cutting inside and then trying to knock it over. And In doing that, you're working on your acceleration, your deceleration, and you're getting some skill work in as well. Now, I'm not saying you should be doing integrated all the time, but maybe at the start you're doing accel or decel on its own, then start building up towards the game. Because if we're going to improve at the game, we should be probably improving the specificity of our training and training in relevant scenarios. Because what's going to happen when you're presented with that scenario on match day?
1: and like I heard Shane Walsh talking in his GA social about they're getting good airtime here it's <laughs> a <laughs> <That> was- great, <laughs> great podcast he of what he does away from the pitch is what separates him mm-hmm. when he gets to the field and when you're training three days a week with a team setting you very rarely get to practice those scenarios where you're taking a man up the line and you're working on that deceleration and, and cutting inside or whatever it is or you're you're working on a sidestep with the ball you never get to work on that in a team session so the only time you're actually going to get better at it is away from the field and it's evident that Shane Walsh and those boys are doing this on their own on the pitch it's not just a complete random skill that he's been born with like you know which is the easy out right yeah the easy out is right and Shane probably knows deep down himself that it's because he's put hours and hours
0: and hours working on all these things both his right foot his left foot has changed the direction yeah And accumulates as well, because lads are like, well, he's not doing it at the moment because he's so busy, he's playing county and whatever, but he's already got the money in the bank because he's been doing it for 10 years, whereas you can't just say, oh, well, he's at that level, so I'm not going to even try and improve. And I know we had a bit of a back and forth about the goal in the the final. Was (laughs) that something that you've thought about? Because you said, ah, I finally got a bit of a sidestep to me, like... (laughs) Has it been something that's been maybe in your head, you've been visualising it, or have you done a few reps? Because you've obviously been limited in what you can do with the, the groin issue. It's It wasn't in that scenario.
1: It's definitely not something I've worked on that much in terms of the goal opportunity. In terms of steps, like I, I've been doing those in games out the pitch, off either foot for a long time now. Probably not much, as much this year as I wanted to because of the injury. Um, and I haven't been able to get out to the pitch on my own or do, do any extras, but it's probably, it's, it's the sort of goal you do, you visualize just dreaming about scoring goals, Because just the way it happened, where you just, you get the ball, you, you sell a few defenders and just roll it into the net, so I don't know if that was anything to do with it, but um, it just, I don't it was kind of a blur, that that goal, to be honest, just... But it, Non-conscious. Yeah, but it was probably, I, I definitely worked on that sort of step on my own at the pitch, Many the time, um, I suppose that's probably why you do it. So
0: it's those sort of moments where it comes off for you. And if you don't develop off both feet as well, then you're going to be pretty predictable from game day. The step, yeah, yeah,
1: that's probably I probably do have a side that I'd step more off, and I've been told that in the past. So, um, yeah, having having two ways to go. Um, like like kicking off either but it's it's going to be a lot better um and harder to defend as well um like if, if a team's watching your video and you're always stepping off one leg going one way it's going to be fairly easy to, to predict and and to see it coming so it's something that's another easy enough thing to work on in your own time um away from
0: training sessions you know, even if you have someone there with you to, to practice and they'll get some reps as a defender as well you can mm-hmm. go uncontested at the start and then go con- completely contested and, and and bring in the chaos and that's where you get to try things and you develop as a footballer as, exactly. as the lads like Sean <laughs> want you to do um, but like I know you, like we're in a similar role in that we're both strength and conditioning coaches both working you, you mainly in an online setting me somewhat in an online setting and I know that you're from that conversation we've just had you're a keen learner and you're keen at developing new things all the time. Is there any rabbit holes you've been going down in terms of learning in the past or in the last, say, few weeks? Because I know you've been working with Sam, haven't you? Sam yeah. Portland. Sam Portland stuff is something that I've
1: been trying to find the time to, to learn more about. Um, still haven't done nearly as much as I'd like to, but in terms of that realm, it's just about learning more about specific strength within the gym and Sam's massive for, for not doing too many back squats. I know I was down at a speed, a speed course in Derry, mm-hmm. and he, he picked on me for the full hour <laughs> the, the full six hours maybe. Um about just I and mean, he's just right about about players doing too much general strength work and not actually thinking about what like the strength that you're gonna need when you're you are you are in a in a match or in a training session or when you're accelerating and mm-hmm. That speed, specific strength is something that's kind of interested me a lot. Um, he's big on the wall drills and stuff, and how to develop them and and, and drill stacking and stuff like that. Has been very interesting. Um, and something I'm gonna try and probably explore over the next number of months. The fact that I've had the injury probably hasn't helped me in that realm. either. they're just trying to trying to do it yourself first and feel it eh, before you start. You know, bringing it out towards your your online clients. Um. I haven't really been doing that round just yet because of that reason.
0: And the other thing as well is that we better preface this way is you need the general quality first. Yeah. You have developed Sorry. the general quality before you go down to specific rabbit hole, but you need a sprinkle of both then. like, yeah. Whereas people know the cow and they're trained in them and they're like, I'm pretty good at these. So they just probably hammer them till yeah. the cows come home. Whereas they're not getting much out of it and as Dave said on the podcast they're maybe getting a net negative transfer out of it you get to that level obviously
1: like you need you need the basic level of strength especially for young lads coming through um you're going to get a lot from from the general strength qualities um, and you build up over time and then when you get to that level after a couple of years then it's it's about you know know, thinking like where is where am I going to get more from from the gym um and I fell into that trap as well of just hammering the same things for years and thinking that you're getting better just by getting stronger. But realistically, you're probably not. And you're, you're probably taken away from from other aspects. Um, like, I would have spent a lot of time just doing too much in the gym and actually going into training and, and games sore from the gym, which is, like, when you think about it, it's completely crazy. Like, completely crazy to go into, even, even in pre-season and stuff where you're trying to, trying to develop conditioning and uh, and speed qualities and you're going into sessions fatigued and so like it doesn't make that much sense at all. Especially when you've developed to a level where you've you're at a size that you're happy with, you're at a level of strength that you're that you're happy with, and um, then it's about about going and, and trying to develop, I suppose, them specific strength qualities um, inside the gym. And that's where I'm actually also looking forward to exploring um, over the next number of months.
0: And over the next few weeks as you build for the Tasman Cup. yeah. But it, it like, it is a bit of a no-brainer in the way that the game is being played at the moment. And I again, I know I'm biased, but football's in an amazing place at the moment. The games at the weekend were phenomenal. Yeah. But what was standing out was the speed of play, the speed of transition is class. And if we had... period previously where players got really big and really strong and they're just trying to physically dominate teams and not let lads through and whatnot now we may be moving to a phase if you contrast it with rugby where the player size might actually come down a tiny bit and lads might lean out a little bit more to cover more ground at a higher speed and to transition faster and get through more high-speed running Mm -hmm. to be more effective in the game and Hopefully, it's going to be spell the end of these debates on RTE about how the game is is dying and a death, and people aren't yeah. interested, and it's boring because these what went on at the weekend was not boring at all. So if we can get athletes even faster, yeah, it undoubtedly, undoubtedly won't be in any way boring. It'll be more entertaining as a spectacle.
1: Yeah, I think like what we're seeing now is we're still seeing fairly defensive setups and things, but. We're seeing teams that have now nearly mastered breaking them down mm. with speed, change of direction, different. Even like the thing, the craze in GA at the minute is the, the check or the cut in behind um, to open up the fences. I know we were caught with this about five times at the weekend and I know the first goal was was to do with the check. Um, but I think we're getting to that stage now where, as you said, the actual physical size isn't, isn't as important. I think we're starting to see that, to be honest, with players in the pitch. um. Like I even think with myself in games, like when do I actually use my physical strength? Probably at kickouts and stuff. I would still fairly use it, but a lot of players are are massive now, and well, not massive now, but are still holding quite a bit of size. But if you look in a game situation, they're not actually using it all that much. It's more the, it's more the the, the ability to accelerate and decelerate quickly, change direction, all of those things. Um, and then the
0: conditioning side of things is still at an all time high yeah to be honest and but we can hammer that till the cows come home mm. as we've touched on earlier you need to be able to execute the game plan at speed make decisions change direction but you need to be able to do it repeatedly I suppose so the conditioning yeah. is also a prerequisite but it's clear like with the online coaching with the inter-county GAA with the online learning and whatnot, you have a lot on your plate like do you ever struggle with everything? Because obviously lads are just ripping into you and saying you're in coffee shops all day. But like they don't see all of the clients you're dealing with, all the people you're dealing with on a daily basis. And then all of the continual learning that you're doing and trying to upskill and get better. Yeah, that's that's the, tough, to rehab. the tough part. Um, plus
1: the rehab, yeah. plus my thoughts being bombarded. Just with with the injury constantly when you're when you're playing at a high level, I think that's it's only natural if you do pick up a niggle that it's going to go through your head always. But no, um, like it's funny because no one's ever really going to see probably what you're doing. They're just seeing you sitting there at a laptop at on, on a desk, and um, not yes. in, not somewhere that you know is so called normal like at a workspace, um. But I think I'm at a stage now where it's it's quite a lot, um. At times, and it's it's just about time management. Um, like nearly every single evening is taken up just with with intercounty. So I think at the moment it's my whole time is actually spent with dealing with clients, talking to clients. Um, you know, program design and the difficult parts actually finding time, as you said, for the extra learning. Um, that is needed to I suppose to keep developing and improving. Um and and developing systems, I suppose, within the online the online coaching, yeah, and something that I I'd, I'd love to start getting into more is is obviously the the one to one stuff, um, in terms of the speed development and and that side of things, um, I suppose is, is something that I've been limited with, and even as I said, like the, the actual learning, like in terms of that, as we spoke about before, getting the seminars and stuff, and um and meeting new coaches and stuff that like that's kind of. Something that I'd, I'd miss out on big time and um, with being involved with county setups and stuff.
0: Um, when do you get time to yourself as well, though? Like, is this week just like you feel nearly idle because you're usually so gung ho and all go all the time, or is your time to yourself your training time?
1: Yeah, my time to myself is probably training, uh, training, going to training, going to the gym. Like, that's just like, you enjoy that massively. Um probably haven't enjoyed it much this year because I've been going to training and having to just sit there and do yeah. nothing or going to the gym and do rehab. That's been a bit of a killer this year, to be honest. Um you you'd be sitting in the gym in your own at times just yeah. doing rehab. Um I, I suppose the, the content creation side is that things that take a bit like a lot out of me at times as well. That would go to just always having to provide that online. Um presence like... yeah, having to having to be Be active online um, is a big thing and would probably take a ripe bit out of me at times. Mm -hmm. But again, I'd still would have time for myself and and meeting. I'd still get like like during the day, during the week. Like I'm not tied down all the time. Um, I'd have plenty of time to go and go for lunch or whatever,
0: go for coffee, just suppose. (laughs) You're not doing yourself any favors about this podcast, are you? Um, oh, I'm you, yeah, yeah you're dead right <laughs> and that's something as well though that stands out about you is you don't hear at all what people really say about you is that something that's been natural or something that kind of you focused on because you spoke about wanting to be as the lads put it the air apparent to Johnny's to well, throne like you want to be the number one forward you want to go and win an ulster championship is that something that's as we talked about earlier, a little bit generational and that the younger lads are more willing to speak about what they're going at or is it something that you've been like actively pursuing? I think just naturally as a human, like you, you're you always going to have
1: those, those thoughts come in your head that you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be expressing your thoughts or but I think you just realize after a while, like no one really cares. Like no one, everyone has their own stuff going on. Um, is anyone actually going to care if I express what I want? Maybe for a split second, they might give out about it, but no one actually, no one, no cares. And um, it's something that if I wouldn't say it came naturally to me, just expressing all those things and and saying what I feel. But um, over time, just constantly doing it, I suppose, having social media as well has probably helped that side of things. Just realizing that when you do put something out, that you might think, you might think people would. You know, kick a fuss up about and then you put it out and no one says anything or nothing happens off it. You just realise like it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter. Um and I suppose it's you should be expressing, you know, those sort of things and what you want to do and where you want to go. Um so you can even have that belief in yourself. The more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. Um so yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's something I've actively been going on trying to change either it's just naturally happened probably has just naturally happened over time um, well, I th- well I think back to when I first was probably creating Instagram and stuff it might not naturally happened at that, that stage but then again I wouldn't say I went and forced it either big time
0: I think it was just repetition over time with the volume and with the reps get the reps in same as the gym. same as the speed uh but something that maybe has been a little bit clearer is that you have a very active brain because you've mentioned overthinking on a few podcasts you've mentioned it here as well and that you've mentioned that sometimes you have so many ideas and so many things going in different directions that it can get a bit much and you have to actually just focus in on what's important and as you said yesterday control the controllables Mm -hmm. Has the time and the space in the gym doing the rehab given you ample time for overthinking? And is that something that you've been trying to work on is maybe get a little bit better at controlling the controllables and not thinking too deeply about everything? Yeah. Like, as you said, when you're in a gym doing rehab on your own, it's nearly
1: impossible to, to not overthink things. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a massive overthinker, but like anyone else, at times certain stages you start to overthink and then it's just about implementing certain things to try and try and not overthink it's suppose like certain journaling or meditating or cold water or improving your sleep or like you know, I, I'm, I'm fairly good with realizing what i need to do to prevent those things well it's not even prevent them I suppose they're always going to be there mm-hmm. but to deal with them better um but yeah i think it's only natural when you're I suppose, struggling with an injury at that level that you're going to overthink things um, and you're going to think, like, you're going to worry about whether you're going to be in the shape of the play, whether you're going to um,
0: and whether people are going to be thinking about it. But um, as I said, I'm, I'm fairly good at dealing with them like, at this stage. I'd say it's refreshing for people to hear that as well, that that goes through inter-county players' heads. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes fans think they're, that you're superhuman yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh I think... They, that probably is a struggle, though, as well, is it? In that, like, people are like, oh, sure, he's grand, he's strong, he plays county for Fermanagh, he'll be 100%. probably playing. is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. People
1: probably just think everyone at, at that level is just, as you said, super strong and um, would never have those sort of things. And uh, that's why I can never really understand when people from the outside would give so much criticism to to players at a high level um for not performing and not doing all those things. Like... When they don't realize that, you know, players have a lot going on themselves. I'm not saying I do, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's players out there at the highest level that struggle big time, um, and are getting criticised constantly. And um, they're doing everything they can. Like... You're literally doing. You literally are spending every hour of your day nearly thinking about when you are involved in that bubble at a, at a high end county level. Um, you nearly always have something to think about in terms of. Performing because, like, league means a lot, championship means a lot. So, for six months of the year, you're constantly thinking, about How can I perform on the pitch or how can I be the best? Um, so yeah, it, it probably doesn't stop,
0: doesn't it's stop like dairy relentless,
1: <laughs> relentlessly, ruthless.
0: yeah, exactly. Right, so we'll move on to the quick four questions to finish. First one is proudest achievement to date. Yeah, I had to think about
1: that. In terms of proudest achievements, probably was with my club when I first came in. Uh, we won back-to-back championships, the junior and the intermediate, got up to senior level. So, I that was probably the biggest achievement to date. Um, hopefully, the next biggest would be going on and winning a senior championship in my club, um, and and winning silverware with Fermanagh. Which we haven't done in a long, long time. Not say. since you've
0: been—you've had been twenty-five years since <laughs> well, the Yeah, over twenty-five, uh, and you're twenty-four, uh, are you? Yeah. <laughs> <Round> <laughs> about I've time, so yeah, exactly. Favorite athlete of all time. Favorite
1: athlete of all time is Usain Bolt. <laughs> nice. I just loved watching him when I was younger. Used to be absolutely buzzing for the Olympics every <laughs> time. Um. But there's just something unbelievable about watching someone run
0: unbelievably fast. Yeah. <laughs> and some element of it, like people will always say, is genetics. But what they think is that you seen both this not training. They're <laughs> just yeah. born like that. Yeah. But like It's like, like executing every single time. And it's the most everything he's doing similar to you is geared, but different to you. Yeah. <laughs> is, is is geared towards Something that takes less than ten seconds. Yeah, I know that, that's the craziest
1: thing—the fact that it's just over like that—and he's trained for years and years and years. Um. And one one opportunity, like one opportunity, the ball doesn't come in again for him. <laughs> Must get better at dealing with one ball in. But anyway, I just think like even just the character that he is, like such a cool, cool man. Like, yeah. um, and then he's the fastest man in the world.
0: Like, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it'll be a while to he's bet. What's the biggest thing that you've learned in the last 12 months?
1: Biggest thing I've learned in the last 12 months? Um, I actually thought I thought of it. <laughs> uh, pro- yeah, actually, what i learned in the last 12 months was probably when I went overseas to America, realising that there's more out there. Um and, and the fact that you need to travel and you need to go and do things when you're young, because you're not going to be young, you know, when you're 33 or 40, like you, you're going to be more than likely tied up in some way, shape, or form, whether it's your job or relationships or whatever. Um and the fact that I'm twenty four now and i have absolutely yeah. no ties really, apart
0: in intercounty football. Um, I feel like I need to go on and explore a bit more. You're a hundred percent right. The only thing I was going to add was it might not be a healthy thing to use the term tied up in relation <laughs> to relationships and uh and professional life as well because a lot of the time that's also a choice,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So exactly. it's a useful that's just really mental hard. framework to maybe change. Yeah, I don't know, definitely. but that's me nitpicking, but yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. But like, I wouldn't have the experiences or the knowledge that I do or the self-awareness even without that travel because you realize as you said there's a whole other world out there and it probably leads to you realizing that the world is massive and nobody cares as well exactly do what you want be who you want to be exactly like even when I was
1: when you're younger you kind of know that you've been told this oh you should go and explore but until you actually go and do it
0: that's only when you realize like it's true (laughs) what would you tell your 18 year old self then
1: a lot of things um but just don't block yourself um like when I was 18, I knew what I was passionate about what I actually loved doing, which was in this realm but I blocked myself into thinking this that's not how it should be and you're you're supposed to do what you're good at um and I went and did a four-year degree in aerospace engineering when Deep down, like honestly, deep down from 18, 19, I knew that I wasn't going to be doing that for the next 20 years. And you're listening to outside voices, I suppose, coming in and, and trying to tell you that, you know, if you're good at maths, you should, you have to go down that realm. Like, it's it's just crazy not to um, think of all the money that's in it. Like, but it's another thing. Um, Don't, Choose a career path based on one thing, just because you're good at something, but also based off what the potential wage would be twenty years down the line, because it makes fuck all difference. I'm to curse in this yeah, I'd be
0: Yeah, i flat <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that's that's what I'd probably tell me eighteen year old self. Um, obviously it's not just about finding what you're passionate about. So, always a mix of that is is probably a good thing as well. Um. What you're good at when you're watching it, and it's okay to change your mind as well. And it's okay to change. Like I'm, as I've said I've on four years a degree now, and I've been able to change. No bother. So as it, again, if you make
0: the wrong decision, it's not the end of the world either. A hundred percent. Lots of lessons learned. Yeah. Thanks a million for coming on, Dara. No bother, P D. Must be enjoyed us. Thank you.